Welcome to the Pro Football Network Sports Betting Podcast. I am your co-host and Chief Content Officer, David Behrman, alongside my partner in crime and co-host, Brian Blewis, our Director of Betting. Brian, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thank you. Um, last week, we got complaining about how bad the primetime slate was, but um, that turned out to be true, but it was a great Sunday slate of games. This week, it's the opposite. Like, the project games are gold, starting with uh, Thursday Night Football, ending with the Super Bowl rematch on Monday night, but... Just from looking at it right now, the slate looks very underwhelming, but we thought that last week, and it was honestly one of the most exciting uh, Sundays of the year. Yeah, we thought it was going to be a really bad show, and then all of a sudden the 1 o'clock games were fantastic, and even the Monday night game uh, between the Bills and the Broncos came down to some debauchery at the end. So we're going to go ahead and look at the Week 11 Sunday slate, and we're going to talk about a lot of good games. And remember, if you want to bet these and and you want some – some good bonus bets. Go sign up for ESPN Bet, which was just launched on Tuesday in 17 states. Use the promo code PFN and you'll get $250 in bonus bets. It's something you can't get anywhere else. So remember, use the code PFN by downloading ESPN Bet and get $250 to spend on some of the bets that Brian and I are going to talk about. So we're going to jump right in there. Uh, we're going to go up the Chargers and the Packers. This one is in Lambeau. Packers home dog scenario here, getting three at home. Total of 43 and a half. Brian, I wrote this in the column. I'd be committing a crime if I gave anybody any advice on betting on the LA Chargers at any point in time, especially giving three on the road. I just can't stomach doing that. Um, I also have no interest in betting on the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I'll get your thoughts on this game. The only thing that I would do is lean towards the over, but that was when it was 42 and a half. Now it's up to 43 and a half. The Packers made the Steelers look normal the other day, and the Chargers haven't stopped anybody while averaging 30 points per game over the last few weeks. Not a strong play, but I do lean towards the over. Yeah, I don't have a strong play in this one. I'm with you in that I'm never going to want to back the Chargers as a three-point road favorite, even against a pretty bad Packers team that I've been really down on since I was relatively high in the expectations going into the season. I do think it's a good matchup for Jordan Love, so I'm I could see that for your over there. He's been playing a little better recently. I mean, he looked as atrocious start the season after that week one win over Chicago. But since then, he was pretty bad, but has gotten a little better in recent weeks. And his Chargers passing defense is one of the worst in the NFL. Seventh worst in e-paper play, fourth worst success rate, giving up the most yards per game and most yards per attempt. So if you're thinking it's an easy matchup for the Chargers because they've done well against bad teams this year, obviously a little bit of caution there, just their pass defense versus anybody at home is just a recipe for disaster if you're betting on them. But at the same time, I just don't really trust this Packers team a whole lot. They're just so young on offense, and they're so banged up on that side of the ball, too. This is a stay away from me, but I don't mind your overplay. I just don't really have a strong feel for this one. Yeah, I don't even. If I play the over, I'm probably going to be in a parlay with an alt over. This is not a game I have any interest in having any any solo bets on. Uh, if I'm looking for a fourth leg of a parlay and I don't do more than four, I may go over 38 and a half, 39 with the juice and then and have a boost to, to bring it back down. Uh, moving on to to an AFC South battle. Uh, the AFC South is definitely one of those divisions that is completely up in the air. No one's really running away with it. Uh, the division leading Jacksonville Jaguars are hosting the Tennessee Titans. Uh, the line was six and a half the other day. It's now ticked up to seven line, 39 and a half and, I'll let you go first on this. Uh, do you think you're going to see the Jacksonville that jumped out to the 6-2 and two start or the Jacksonville that just got their butts handed to them at home by the San Francisco 49ers? Yeah, I feel like last week was a sort of an aberration for Jacksonville. I mean, 
let's be honest, if, if every team is at full strength, I think the 49ers are the best, might be the best team when you're at full strength. And they had Debo Samuel back last week, Trent Williams back last week, and then their defense just forced four turnovers from the Jaguars and only had 221 yards of offense as well. But this Titans defense is pretty bad. And I think, I mean, I, I'm guilty of this too. I think we got a little overexcited about Will Levis after his first two starts and uh, one win against the Falcons and keeping it close against Steelers. I mean, he definitely has shown flashes of looking like a franchise guy and definitely has the talent, but he's still a rookie. He's still raw and he's still in trouble. Like, like some of the best defenses. I mean, I had the over in that game against the Bucks last weekend. It was just brutal to watch. Just, the Titans couldn't move the ball whatsoever on offense and, this Jaguars defense, if you take it out last week, they've been surprisingly one of the better units in the NFL. This line has gone up, though. It was at six. Now it's at seven. Six is great value compared to seven odds, not just because it's less than the touchdown, but also if there's a, you never know the two point conversions nowadays, you always have the benefit of a push there in the event of a backdoor cover. I just is a tease, though, if anything. I think Jacksonville gets the win here. I just think this Titans team is just pretty bad. And in previous seasons, you could look at this as like a nice Mike Vrabel underdog spot, but those Titans teams were a lot better than this version of this Titans team. So I don't take that trend too seriously here. And it's a little concerning how much the spread's gone up. So if you find other teams like you like to get through a key number, I'll take the Jags to get, bring that on minus one here. Yeah, and in this game, like my analysis of the Jaguars is I don't think they're as bad as they showed on Sunday, but I also don't wasn't really bought in on them being a six and two team and a contender with the Ravens, Dang. Dolphins, and Chiefs either. Uh if I had to bet one and I said it in the column, I lean Jags minus six, six and a half. Now that it's seven, I'm probably not gonna touch it. If it ticks up to seven and a half or eight, your teaser play comes into mode here. And I, I, whereas there's a lot of questions about the Jags, I don't think there's many questions about Tennessee. I don't think they're a very good football team. But the difference is, like you said, with Will Levis, sometimes they go and they have a great team. They go over and sometimes they play like crap like they did against uh, Tampa Bay last week. So moving on, but staying in the Sunshine State, the Miami Dolphins off their bye and trip trip from Germany are hosting the Las Vegas Raiders winners of two straight in the new era. After they got rid of Josh McDaniels, Antonio Pierce got them to two and oh, but let's not exactly throw them a party yet. Those two wins or against the Giants and the Jets, and while they do look like an improved team, this is a step up in competition with the Miami Dolphins. And when I wrote the column two days ago, the line was nine and a half. I went on VEASAN and talked about how I would lay the nine and a half because if the Dolphins are one thing, they're definitely a team that beats up on bad teams. 5-0 and ATS this season as a favorite, 4-0 at home, covering by an average of 13 points per game above the listed point spread. Double-digit victories over the Patriots, the Panthers, the Giants, and obviously the Broncos, they beat by 50. But the line's now 13 and a half. 13 and a half at ESPN bet. Yep. Like, not, not laying 13 and a half. But the Dolphins will win this game. Um, they're a much better team. They're off a bye. Uh, Devon Anche probably is back. The offensive line is as healthy as it's been all year. Not sure I can lay 13 and a half. I was able to lay nine and a half, and I took that on Tuesday. Uh, this is a little bit higher than that. Dolphins should win. What are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I mean, if you look at the games of the Dolphins this year, they have played at the bottom of the NFL when they're favored of seven or more points. They're 3-0 ATS, and it hasn't been close. You could argue that Patriots one could have been, but looking at the scoreboard, it wasn't. And um, But I missed the value when it was under 10. 
I could still see them easily covering, though. I might even sprinkle an alt line for them of getting them to win by three scores or more. If you look at this Raiders team, I mean, they're, they are 2-0 and under Antonio Pierce, interim coach, but look at their wins. Home against uh, the Giants, so a little bit of Daniel Jones and then a little bit of um, Tommy DeVito of Illinois, not Syracuse, as I always say. I don't want him representing my school with how he's been playing recently. And then the Jets with uh, Zach Wilson. I mean, I had the Jets in that game. They should have won that game. Like, what a disaster. The, the, just outgained the, the Raiders by almost 100 yards. They had Zach Wilson just playing horrible as always. I don't even know who the worst quarterback is that could have won that game over Zach Wilson. Might Maybe even Tommy DeVito, which is saying something. But it's time to sell on this Raiders team. Those two games are at home as well. We're at home as well. Now they're traveling at Miami. Dolphins coming off a bye, healthier than ever. This should be a smash spot. It should be, and it's actually quite interesting that we don't seem to be the only ones thinking that because the line's 9.5 and, and it moves to 13.5. You don't see lines move by four points often if someone's not injured. So uh, obviously a lot of money coming in on the Miami Dolphins to move that from 9.5 to 13.5, which actually surprises me because the last time you saw the Dolphins, they lost. And the last time you saw the Raiders, they're now 2-0 and with the new head coach and smoking cigars. So you would think the What's general— more telling, too— is that it seems like a lot of sharp action betting this up, and the smart money never likes to bet on big favorites. They don't. So it looks like the smart money, the public money, all the money, and your money, and my money are all laying this on the Dolphins, which scares me a little bit. Um, a little if bit. you still, for whatever reason, have them alive in Survivor uh, Pool, and you're one of the 10% left, and you have them, kudos to you. That's a buy spot right there. Speaking of big spreads, we'll stay in that mode. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys fresh off another annihilation of the New York Giants last week. Travel to face the one-win Carolina Panthers. Line currently laying 10 half, I actually expected this line to be even higher. Uh, what do you make of the Cowboys coming off that big win over the Giants, but also knowing this is a team that lost on the road at Arizona, gave Arizona their first win. Carolina's got one win, not a very good football team. Your thoughts on this one? Yeah, you kind of um, stole some of my analysis there when you're mentioning, one, that you thought the spread would be a little bit higher, and then two, the last time we saw them in a similar spot, they lost outright to Arizona with um, back in uh, week three or week four, I believe. But yeah, it is kind of fishy that the line is only 10 and a half, 10, and it hasn't really moved much uh, all week. You think the public would be all over the Cowboys after they scored 49 points and had 640 yards of offense. 640 yards of offense. That's got to be more than the Steelers have like scored over like their last like five games, yet they win everything, which is crazy. But I almost kind of like Carolina in this one with the hook at 10. I mean, coming off a long week, I don't know how often teams have these blowout wins back to back. And this Cowboys team is a lot different team on the road than at home. It's kind of inflated their point differential on the road because that 40 nothing win over the Giants in week one. But that was before the Giants like became a disaster or they're looking like for the season. And that's one of those games where everything that possibly could have went wrong for the Giants did go wrong. I mean, I don't know if you remember, they're driving down that field with the first drive of the game and then blocked kick and then just went all downhill from there. They lose 40 to nothing. So it's kind of scary to back to kind of fade the Cowboys against a bad team because them and the 49ers, those two teams in your Dolphins that can really just turn it up against bad teams. But they're a little bit, they're a different team on the road. And the Panthers come, are having a long week. And I mean, me and you both know we've been football fans for a long time. You even longer. I don't mean to throw an, uh, an age joke in your direction, but 
the Cowboys are always prone to these letdown spots too. Brian calling me an old geezer and full well knowing that I write his review at the end of the year, but all is good. The beauty about sports betting is you can literally bet what you feel comfortable with and isolate things that you like. And this game is a perfect example. Dallas is the much better team than the Panthers, but there are warning signs that are blinking at you saying, don't lay 10 and a half on the road with the Dallas Cowboys team that lost to Arizona. Don't be fooled by what you've seen against the Giants and other teams. All right. So I don't want to lay 10 and a half. I also don't want to take the Carolina Panthers. So what can I do? I'm going to isolate the fact that Carolina has one of the worst offenses in football and Dallas is one of the best defenses in football. And I go ahead and look and the ESPN bet line is Carolina team total 14 and a half, a Carolina team that has scored 15, 13 and 13 the last three weeks against defenses that are not even on the same planet as the Cowboys. The last time that Carolina actually got two offensive touchdowns in one game was back in mid-October, a good month ago, when the Dolphins forgot to show up for the first quarter and then went on to win 42-21 after spotting Carolina a 14-0 lead in the first quarter, which was as surprising as anything. So with that number being on the other side of the key number of 14, I'm going to play the team total under 14.5. I don't see the Carolina Panthers scoring 15 points against this defense. Now, I mean, I don't know how they could score. It's hard to really see them score many points against any defense, but... If you're a little afraid of laying of back at either side here, but you wouldn't be surprised if the Panthers keep it a little closer than uh, the spread might lead you to believe, then the under would have to be the play. I feel like yep. because they're not going to keep a game under ten points in a shootout unless there's a back to recover at the end. Say if like they just want to give some Bryce Young some reps at the end of the game to really boost his confidence. But forty-two and a half—that's above a key number of forty-one and a half to take the under. That might not be a terrible play. And that's what happened when they played the Arizona Cardinals earlier this year. Arizona won that game, and it was an under. Speaking of the yep. Cardinals, uh, they're in Houston this week facing the Red Hot and current number seven seed Houston Texans. Texans minus four, 48 and a half currently. Um, they are absolutely baiting you into taking Houston here with a low yep. number against a two-win Cardinals team. Uh, to me, there's always one or two games every week that are just flashing neon red lights that tell you don't take, don't take, don't take. So I think the Texans win. Texans have Jacksonville on deck next week. So this could be a look ahead spot, a trap game. Arizona's got Kyler Murray back. They looked a little bit different last week, but at the same time they played Atlanta. You never really know. Uh, This is a total pass for me. I want nothing to do with this game. Uh, Stanford Stephen the Bear would say this game stinks. It's a fishy line. If I were to play it, I would take the Texans. I'm, I, it's a pass for me, Brian. Well, I'm not going to pass on this one. I like Arizona here. So the line's dropping five and a half to four and a half. I don't mind losing out some of the value here because what key number I'm really missing from five and a half to four and a half. It's not like it went from seven to six or three and a half to two and a half, for example. And if you look at their win last week, yeah, they only really won by two points as Atlanta team. But if you dig a little deeper, there's more like they should have won by more than two points. They averaged more than two, two more yards per play, and they had more than double the penalty yardage Arizona. And I was going to that game, possibly fading them because I wasn't really sure how Kyle was going to look like nearly a year removed from playing. But he looked pretty good. Like I thought he was moving. Like you saw that one scramble he had. Like he looked like he hasn't lost his step whatsoever athletically, and that he. Hasn't got, and he wasn't a year removed from tearing his ACL. And not just Kyler Murray, but James Conner really brings a big boost to this offense when he's in the lineup as well. For me, just I always like to buy low and sell high, as ugly as that gets. 
But with CJ Stroud, is there anybody with more hype right now? I mean, I was one to last week. I was going to state him last week, but then the Bengals had all these injuries on their side. T. Higgins was out. Little concern there about them keeping pace in the shootout against CJ Stroud, the Texans. Sort of, I was sort of right on that. I got really close at the end. I ended up actually betting the Texans in that game. But if you're really here, I just like I like the spot for Arizona. And it's I can absolutely see the play. I think Arizona is going to play spoiler down the stretch. Obviously, the season's gotten away from them. Uh, new head coach, not having Murray, not having Connor for most of the season. Uh, they're going to play spoiler. And if there's ever going to be a letdown spot with Houston going in and beating Cincinnati and having Jacksonville on deck, uh, this might be that spot. Uh, moving on to the best division in football is the AFC North. Cleveland Browns hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers. The line is exactly where you would think it would be for a game involving two AFC North teams. Browns holding on to a one-point spread. Total, what opened at 34.5, is now down to 32.5 after the news that Deshaun Watson is out for the season. Um, it's tough to believe in any offense. I'm going to play this the same way I played every Steelers game for the last month and a half. Take Steelers' team total under 16.5. It did lose last week. Um, in their win, in their last, their field goal that put the game away uh, against Green Bay, sent it over the 21 and a half to 22 right there at the end. So lost it pretty much with three minutes to go on the late field goal, but it won the previous five times. I don't see the Steelers getting many points against a top five defense here. The game is a toss up. Quarterback situation is dicey in Cleveland with DTR now playing. I'm going to focus on the Steelers not scoring themselves and take the under 16 and a half. Yeah, my only concern with that play is turnovers. I mean, they had 14 points on defense alone the last time these two teams played. But for the season, Kenny Pickett in nine games, six passing touchdowns. Like, I don't think he gets enough attention as being one of these like bottom-tier quarterbacks in the NFL just because the Steelers are 6-3. and three, but They haven't outgained an opponent in a single game this season, which is pretty nuts. I was going to take them, though. But the Watson news now... As only getting one point, I don't really see much of the value there, and there's no chance I want to back either of these Browns quarterbacks. So this yeah, is a straight-up pass for me. You look at a one-point spread and down from two and no Watson, you don't know what DTR is going to be. You're absolutely right in Kenny Pickett, effectively being one of the bottom-tier quarterbacks. Them having been outgained in all nine games this year is just fascinating. They, they seem to get it done. Uh, your point about them getting two defensive touchdowns last time is very valid, but I think that gets credence even more to taking the Steelers team total under because the Steelers could not score against this Browns defense last yeah. time and got the two touchdowns because Deshaun Watson, not pictured, handed them 14 points. So I'm saying that lightning doesn't strike twice. They're not going to get two defensive touchdowns. And if they don't, they're going to have a hard time getting to 17. We move from one division game well, to one another. Real quick. Sure. You were talking about Kenny Pickett and that like how he's been struggling, but someone could say, yeah, he's only second year quarterback. Do you know he's the same age as Jalen Hurts and Tua? Did not know that. That is pretty good. Same age as those two. Okay. So not really that like young quarterback. I mean, he entered the league pretty old, and he hasn't been very impressive, to say the least. But go on. Uh, Two other teams near and dear to your Philadelphia heart. We have the Giants and the Commanders fighting it off in Washington. The Commanders, a a nine-and-a-half-point spread. 37 and a half is the total and Brian, you, you can't put a total low enough for me when it comes to the New York giants, historically one of the worst offenses of all time, 
They did score 14 and win the game against Washington last month while I was in Philly watching your your Eagles and my Dolphins. But they only scored 14, and that was with Tyrod Taylor under center. Uh, The teams combined for 21 points. Tommy DeVito's back there now. Yeah, they got to 17 last week, but that was all in garbage time against the fifth-string Cowboys. Like, there's, there's nothing to like about the Giants, and I worry about the commander's defense a little bit because it has been pretty bad, giving up 100-plus yards to almost every wide receiver one, of which the Giants don't even have one. I'm taking the under 37.5, not thinking twice. I'd probably take this if it was 32.5, but I'm getting 37.5, and, and I'm going under, and it's one of my favorite plays of the week, just like last week's Jets Raiders under was one of my favorite plays of the week. Yeah, I mean – it's a pretty safe bet to take it under in any Giants game. If, as long as they're not playing one of the top offenses in the NFL, it's going to put up as many yards and points as the Cowboys did last week. I mean, I'm going to match up last time these two teams played. The Commanders only scored seven points. And then after that, 31 against the Eagles, 17 against the Patriots. Um, no, 20 against the Patriots, excuse me. And then 26 against the Seahawks. For some reason, maybe this Giants team just has their number and has Sam Howell's number. And, we know that Sam Howell struggles with pressure. He's taken by far the most sacks this season. And, and there's a one if there's one thing the Giants have going for them is they have a good defensive line with um, Dexter Lawrence and uh, Kayvon Thibodeau. Granted, they had Leonard Williams for that game. who's no longer with the team. But I don't know how anybody could back the commanders getting giving nine and a half points, no matter how bad the other team is here. So, And we both know the, Cal, the commanders, excuse me, don't really have a home field advantage. And, I don't know if the Giants fans will want to travel for this one, how bad they've been, but there could be some attendance there for sure. Because granted, it's not too much of a trip. I kind of agree with you on the under here. Don't really want to back the Giants and taking the under is sort of backing the Giants without having necessary to back them. Yeah, and the other thing that I would look at, and as of uh, recording time, props are not up yet, but we've gone over this a bunch of times on this podcast. The Washington Commanders, now nine consecutive weeks where the top wide receiver and the other team has hit their over and their prop. Seven of those nine times, it's been over 100 yards. Uh, Jalen Hyatt and Darren Waller, numbers are not out yet. Both of them went way over their prop total when they met in week seven. So it's something to look out at, look out for whenever the Jalen Hyatt and Darren Waller totals post to take one or both of them over their total because the commanders don't seem to be able to stop any wide receiver one out there. And again, the Giants don't have one. I took Hyatt last time. He was two for 75 and he hit the over. Uh, Darren Waller was a more consistent eight for 95, uh, but either one of them would be a good play there Um, because we're in the mood to do division games. We're going to now bounce our way from the NFC East over to the NFC North where the Chicago Bears play the Detroit Lions. The Lions right now line has dropped to seven and a half, which is intriguing because it was nine and a half when the column was written. I thought nine and a half in this, by the way, the total up to 47 and a half. I thought nine and a half was a little high. I was leaning that way. I'm going to be playing uh, the Lions in two-team teasers, especially since it's now at 7.5, which falls right into that window of going through two key numbers. It's a big number. Uh, Bears coming off a win and 10 days rest. Still don't like them, but what do you think of 7.5 and 47.5? Yeah, you mentioned a teaser. Like, why don't we? Why not tease down two home divisional favorites with the Jaguars and the uh, Lions this week? Like, those you get both down to under two points. I don't think that's a bad play. I think the lines have almost over adjusted for the return of Justin Fields. I mean, he's very fun to watch. He's a highlight reel. He's he can make explosive plays, but down to down, 
Is he one of the top half quarterbacks in the NFL? I don't think it's even close, honestly, especially to be first game back from injury. And this Lions team at home and the Canadians bad team is pretty much a juggernaut. I mean, they've really only lost one home game this year, and that was an overtime game to Seattle, which basically could have been a coin flip if you watched that game and how it played out. But take out that Ravens game where they just got destroyed by a really good team on the road, and they've been phenomenal this season if you take out that game. And I just think that, now the line has dropped down to seven and a half and might be an overcorrection, honestly. It might be. And, and you know, the, the Lions, it's surprising it moved from nine and a half to seven and a half. You can't tell me that's all Justin Fields' effect. Maybe it is. Um, I don't I think, think it is, which is why I like the Lions now. Yeah, two points on that line. You could buy it down to seven for 25 to 30 cents or take them in a teaser like we advertised. They're the much better team. Uh, I like it a whole lot more at seven and a half than nine and a half. So uh, we're both on the same page there. Uh, we move out to the Bay Area where the San Francisco 49ers, fresh off their butt-kicking of the Jaguars on the East Coast, are laying 11.5 against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are off their own win of their own um, when they beat up on the Titans last week. I'll let you go first. 11.5 is a big number. 41.5 is not a very high total. What are you looking at in this game? Yeah, I mean, I mentioned earlier how at full strength, the 49ers – have a really good argument be considered the best team in the NFL. I mean, they really have no weaknesses and everybody in their lineup. And 11 and a half is just a really big number. And it's not like a the key number too, which is really tough. Like if they're going to cover by that many points, they're going to win by at least two touchdowns, I feel like. But this might not be a bad overplay, honestly, because this 49ers offense is a juggernaut when they're at full strength. And this Buccaneers deep offense competitive points as well. There's one If there is one way to beat the 49ers, though, it's their uh, pass defense and Baker – has been a, not a bad quarterback this year. He has two really good receivers and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. They're not, I mean, this is one of those games where game scripts not going to be in their favor. They can't run the ball. Maybe they won't try to run the ball too much to work in their favor offensively. Total is pretty low. Right now, ESPN bet, what is it? It's um, 41 and a half. 41 and a half. That's a key number right there. I also lean towards the over here. They have it. Brian taking the over, and the Niners could probably reach that all by themselves. Exactly. Um, Buccaneers four and five. It's a little bit of a fraudulent four and five. They really haven't beaten anybody, uh, especially recently. And the Niners right there among the best in the game uh, because we've been pushing those divisional matchups today. We're going right back to the AFC East. The Buffalo Bills, the New York Jets. Bills laying seven total of forty and a half and. Anybody who wants to lay seven with a Bills team that is second in the NFL at 18 giveaways, averaging only 20 points per game during a recent two and four run where their two wins were a last minute hold off of the New York Giants on a non PI call and then a sneaky win against the Tampa yeah. Bay Buccaneers. You and I discussed the Bills a whole bunch on these podcasts. We wrote a column a week and a half ago about whether the Bills would make the playoffs. You took the yes, I took the no. At the time, the no was plus money. Now the no is minus two fourteen. Uh, I, I I'm I'm done with the Bills. Like I, I said it two weeks ago. Um, I think I got you on board now after their debacle against Denver. I am not laying seven with this Bills team. I don't care who they fired or who they kept. I'm going to hold my nose, try not to watch, but I'm going to be taking the New York Football Jets plus seven. Um, it, it's not something I take lightly. Taking the Jets plus seven. It's a team that has a absolute awful offense with Zach Wilson back there. He's just as liable to give the Bills 14 points as he is to score 14 points. Can the Bills blow the Jets out? They could, but they could also lose like they lost to the Denver Broncos. So I'm going to be taking the seven, holding my nose, 
and hoping that they hold on. Your thoughts? Yeah, I'm not going to say the Jets here, but I understand why you would, just because as Bill's team, they're definitely reeling to say the least, and they struggle with this Jets team. They've lost, Josh Allen's lost two games in a row to the Jets. They met the last season. Excuse me, not just Josh Allen, the Bills. And he's really struggled against his Jets defense as well, like we saw in week one where he had three interceptions. And if anything, I like the under here. The biggest problem with the Bills hasn't been their offense, it's been their defense. But they get a matchup for Zach Wilson, who has show, shows flashes at times, but he's still one of the bottom-tier quarterbacks in the NFL, to say the least. And that might be generous to say one of the bottom-tier quarterbacks. He might be the worst starting quarterback in the NFL, not named Tommy DeVito. But... This just seems one of those spots where neither either te- both teams are going to struggle to score. The Bills fire the offensive coordinator, and it seems like Sean McDermott's going to have a little bit more influence with the offense now with firing Ken Dorsey. And we saw a bit of that on Monday Night Football when they, for some reason, benched James Cook after just one fumble. He doesn't really have fumbling issues whatsoever for the season. And anytime a defensive-minded head coach wants to get involved with the play con offense, we both know what they want to do. Run the ball establish a run, control the clock. And in turn, that's going to, you're going to score less points offensively. I think he's got more of his, uh, just more, more influence on the offense in this one. And I don't care how low the total is. This is the jets. They can't move the ball offensively to have one of the best defense in the NFL. I'll run it back with a low under with a low total under here. Uh, this had under screaming at me when I was writing the column on Tuesday. But the thing that concerns me is both quarterbacks are just, turnover machines and at any point in time Zach Wilson or Josh Allen could just hand you the football and hand you seven points or red zone opportunity Um, and so those add up even the Bills Broncos game almost went over the total and neither one of the offenses moved the balls all night but you know the Bills had four turnovers that I believe the Broncos turned into like 12 points so uh, the opportunity was there for the Broncos to score about 40 in that game but they're the Broncos so Moving on, we have Seattle Seahawks versus Los Angeles Rams. Seahawks on the road giving one 46-and-a-half. What I wrote in the column, Brian, and then I'll let you tell me what you think about this game. I think the Seahawks are the absolute most confusing team in the league to handicap. They have some good wins, beat the Browns, beat the Lions in Detroit. They have some really bad losses, losing to this Rams team week one on you know at home. Uh, they have some blowout wins crushed the Giants, and then they got annihilated by the Ravens. Uh, They've also played some close games and won some at home and won some on the road and lost some. They're really hard to figure out. The Rams also have had their moments, won in Seattle week one, failed to show up over the last five weeks. I can't figure either team out, so it's a pass for me. What do you like? Yeah, I'm not so sure about the Seahawks. I mean, when we are doing our picks early, our preseason picks predictions with futures and our uh, sleeper teams and all that, the Seahawks are one of them. But I'm not really a big believer in them, to be honest with you. I mean, you look at their wins at Detroit, good win. We talked about it, a coin flip game. Panthers, Giants, the two worst teams in the NFL. Cardinals, that was without Kyler Murray. Browns, that could be their best win, but I was also at home. They also had 17 first quarter points and then the score against those 38 seconds left in the game. And the Browns actually had more yards than them in that game. And then they beat the Commanders last week in a really close game. It came very came down to the wire. Then the flip side for the Rams, Matthew Stafford will be back. And look at the teams that they've lost to. They're almost all good teams. 49ers, Bengals, Eagles, Steelers. You can make an argument there. They're not a good team. Cowboys and then Packers, but they have Brett Ripien. So I think the the short spread here when you're comparing these two teams is really telling. 
And the Rams do have the advantage with the quarterback here. And I think the Seahawks defense might be a little overrated because of the teams that they played against and the quarterbacks they've gone against. I mean, those are really inflating those their numbers, not just for their defense, but for their um, pass rushing statistics as well. So I kind of like this with the Rams here. And we saw in week one how the Rams upset them by 17 points on the road. Yeah, and the thing with handicapping is, you know, there's many different vices. And, you know, when, when you're handicapping a game, you, you try to sit there and visualize how the game's going to end up and then, you know, put your stats behind it, put your gut behind it, put your money behind it, and you handicap this. Not any single result of this game would surprise me. Yeah. If you were to tell me the Seahawks won by a lot, I'd say, okay, it makes sense. Rams stink. If you were to tell me the Rams won a lot by a lot, I'd be, all right, they did that week one. You just say it's a close game and Seattle snuck one out. Well, they just did that against Washington. Oh, the Rams snuck one out. You know what? Stafford's the better quarterback. So, like, anything would, would, would nothing would surprise me in this game. So, when you look at nope. that and you can't figure it out, it's just a pass. And again, sometimes pass is a good bet. Uh, we're going to wrap this up with one more game. And this is a game that nobody saw as a good game a few weeks ago. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings and the Denver Broncos. Uh, Minnesota started the season one and four. The Broncos started the season one and five. You turn around and both teams are on the cusp of the playoff race. Vikings crazy. and Broncos both one game out. If you had told me that a month ago, I would have thought you were crazy seeing how bad these teams are. The Vikings doing it behind the Josh Dobbs magic. Uh, the Broncos not really sure what they've figured out. This is a team that gave up 50 points and uh, 70 points in one game. And then they look like world beaters against the Bills. So I lean towards the Vikings. I believe in them and what they're doing a little bit more than what the Broncos are doing. I can understand the other side of things with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson being something you wanted to back week one. I just think the Vikings are a better team. Broncos are giving them two and a half. You can buy it up to three on the road. I'm actually going to throw a little Skittles money on the Vikings money line because I think that they're better and they're getting two and a half, three on the road. The total is 42 and a half. What do you like in this game? Yeah, I mean, I could see why you'd want to fade the Broncos. They had that big win on Monday night football and the spread's gone up a little bit. But that was one of those games where it shouldn't have even been as close as it was, if we're being honest with you. Like that game should have been won more handily than that. And they, if they didn't win that game, that was more on those where we talk about next, like, man, how did the Broncos lose that game? Like what a disaster. But since the Broncos, I met, so by the way, me and you, we are all over the Broncos last week, and rightfully so. Everything that we talked about through our game basically came to fruition. Not just our Broncos pick and me taking the under, but me, you, and Sabi going three for three or anytime touchdown bets for that game. So impressive all around of the three of us, but enough uh, padding, enough uh, to my own horn here. I like the under in this one. I mean, both of these defenses have underrated been one of the best in the NFL over the last few weeks. I mean, more than last few weeks, but since the Broncos gave up 70 points to your Miami Dolphins, they've been an average defense in the NFL, which is a big step up considering how bad they were to start the season when they're historically bad. And the Vikings under Brian Flores, your former head coach, fourth in EPA per play defensively over that time span as well. They've just been a lot better unit than not just last season, but who and, and anyone could expect it. It's just kind of a crazy scheme where they blitz a ton or they drop eight. So you never know what you're going to get with this Vikings defense. And I'm still not entirely convinced that Russell Wilson is like all the way back. He's not as bad as he was last season. And he's, and he's taking better care of the football. But he's still the same guy that doesn't – he's the same guy who he always has been where he's not just like a precision passer, like not a high-volume guy. He's pretty boomer bust. He doesn't really have the mobility anymore either. And for Josh Dobbs, 
This game's in Denver, right? The game is in Denver, yes. Yeah, I just think that's a, that's a little bit different with Beast playing at Denver than playing indoors. And right. I don't want to buy too high on the Josh Dobbs train. I was going to do that last week. I almost faded him last week. But then I was I just didn't trust the Saints team in this matchup. I ended up losing on the under. But I'll run it back with the under here. Hey, I'm just glad we're going to have a couple of good primetime games after what we looked at last week, even though we wound up having a pretty good Monday night game for different reasons of how teams could screw that game up. We are going to start off with Ravens and Bengals on Thursday night football. And then we're going to get Minnesota Vikings and Denver Broncos, two teams that are playing really good on Sunday night football. And then we'll be back on this podcast on Monday to give you the Eagles chiefs Super Bowl rematch, a game that I'm very much looking forward to. I thought the Super Bowl was outstanding. You get the rematch in Kansas city on Monday night, but huh? Bad game. That was a bad game. Oh, yeah, a bad game for you, but um, I, I had the Chiefs winning with Patrick Mahomes as the MVP, so there are no complaints on my end. Uh, plus, I was surrounded by a whole bunch of Eagles fans that made it that much more enjoyable. Uh, sorry about that. I promised you that I wouldn't ask you what your favorite play was this week, so I won't, but I'll tell you that mine, um, I'm since, since I've given those out consistently on the show and hitting them, uh, I'm going to go with the Panthers team total under 14.5. I just don't see the Panthers scoring uh, 15 points unless Dak gives them a little, you know, a little free gift, or if Dak gets pulled early in a blowout, you never know what happens. I don't see this game being as big of a blowout as the Giants one. I think the Panthers will stick around, uh, but I think that that Cowboys game will be something in the neighborhood of about 24 to three is where it'll end up, and maybe 24 10 taking the under. And the other under, of course, I love is the Giants Commanders uh, total 37 and a half under. I'll give you a favorite uh, play. While we go, I'll go to Arizona. All right. He's Arizona taking the Arizona Cardinals. Which is fine by me because I want absolutely nothing to do with that game. So he's yeah. taking Arizona plus four on the road at Houston. He believes in Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. So that's going to do it. Uh, Brian Blewitz, David Behrman on the PFN Sports Betting Podcast. Remember, go download ESPN Bet in the legal states that you're in. Use the promo code PFN and you'll get an extra bonus. You'll get not $200. You get $250 worth of fr- bonus bets to use for all the bets that Brian and I are giving you. So we'll be back Monday to talk about that Super Bowl rematch. Uh, But in the meantime, hope you do well and enjoy betting and watching football on Sunday.